Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Love podcast, your guide to everything love, sex, intimacy, and relationships. Each week, your host, Zach Beach, interviews new experts on love, including couples therapists, relationship coaches, sex educators, and best-selling authors. Learn the best tips and cutting-edge wisdom to better love yourself, others, and the world. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Learn to Love podcast, everyone. I am your host, Zach Beach, and I'm here with fellow podcast hosts, Nina Keiko and Roger Girton. Hi, Nina. Hi, Roger. Welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, hello. How's it going? So good. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about reigniting your relationship spark. And for those that don't know, Nina Kako and Roger Gerton are the hosts of the Head Over Heels show, where they help couples have a healthier and longer lasting relationship. Nina and Roger themselves have been happily together for 25 years. And through all the ups and downs, they wouldn't trade any of it for the world. How are you guys doing today? Not too bad. Not too bad. We're enjoying what soon to be summer weather is going to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're very excited to be on the show. Thanks for having us. Good. So things are warming up over there. And, and that's kind of our topic for today is on keeping things warm, keeping things passionate. But before we get into that, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you because you both have some very unique life paths. So Nina, I'd love to start with you because you, our listeners don't know, were born and raised in Baghdad, Iraq, where you lived through the Iran War, Gulf War, some of the Desert Storm War, until your family fled to safety in Turkey. And your family lived in a military tent at a refugee camp for three years until you arrived in Canada. So how has this upbringing shaped who you are today? That's, I mean, it's actually everything I, I am today is from my upbringing. Living through that war-torn country and having to survive Every day, legit, every day we had to fight for our, our life and our freedom. It was, it shaped my future, it shaped who I am. It made me really strong mentally, physically, emotionally, like in every way possible. And it made me realize like, you know what? I deserve the best and I'm going to go after the best, whether it's my marriage, my career, my children. It just had me, I had, I had this mentality growing up that if I survived this war and this life, that nothing could stop me from living the best life I could ever have. So you're a fighter now. Made her a little strict too. My uh, my kids were totally trained at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was kind of my follow-up question because it's awesome that you're a fighter, that you go after the best, but does that ever be too much, you know, too strict? Or is there any time you need to like, hey, maybe I can be softer in this situation? <laughs> well, you know what? Let's put the record straight. I've never held a gun in my life. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I seriously, I'm, like, I'm so against a lot because I grew up in so much violence. I want nothing to do with it. And to answer your questions, I'm a princess at heart. I'm a, I believe in love. I believe in softness. I believe in all these things beautiful. They were taken away from us, really, from me uh, when I was younger. So like I said, I had to learn to be a survivor, a fighter. So I do have a very soft side of me. And uh, it comes out a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And Roger, you too didn't have a perfect childhood. Uh, you write about that you grew up in an unsafe neighborhood in Ottawa around drugs and its own type of violence. 
And something that's come up a lot on the podcast is about how our early relationships as children, how we were brought up, affects our adult relationships. So I'm kind of curious how you two have both worked to cultivate those healthy patterns of intimacy that you might not have experienced as children. Well, like you said, I mean, both of our upbringings were tough. So I think what that helped us do is kind of dream a little bit, like figure out what path we wanted to go so we don't have that same life for our own family. So that might be just what we had in common is we just wanted much bigger and better things. In terms of you know how it helped our relationship, I don't know if any of our... I mean, my parents were together their whole lives and her parents were together their whole lives. There was no separation there. So, I mean, the commitment side of it, that's probably what we took with us. The difference between you and I, we just like to have fun all the time. We want to make sure that we're enjoying what we're doing. And, you know, we like to take risks every once in a while to help us enjoy. So we're not getting complacent doing the same thing over and over again. So just, I think our, our goals and our, and our aspirations were going the same place. I think we both manifested the same kind of life growing up because we came from such a similar upbringing, both of us. We wanted something different and we wanted something to be more, a lot more love in there than, than, than uh, violence because we did grow up, both of us, with extreme violence in our lives. And we didn't want that. We wanted Although our immediate family was very loving, like my parents, like Roger said, they were together 60 years until they died, legit. And so was his dad and his mom. And that part of it was always there. The love was always there. The kindness is always there. So we took that part. Mm-hmm. And we said, okay, this we already got this. What else is going to make our future the best, you know? Yeah. And it was the, the fun part of it and the a lot of intimacy. We knew what we didn't want. Adventure. We knew exactly what we <laughs> that's, what, that's what it was. Yeah. So we added all the stuff we did. Well, it's interesting because what I'm hearing from you is really the power of knowing what you want, of having a vision, as you said, having a dream and kind of setting that intention to work towards that shared vision and that shared dream. Do you feel that, that, that that's been one of the things that has really brought you two together and deepened your relationship? Yeah, I believe so. I really do believe in, in, in that dream and that manifestation. I remember just laying down late at night in the tent, in the refugee tent, that was from 15 to 18. That I spent my whole teenage life in a refugee camp. And I would dream of these days. I would dream of these moments. I would dream of the love that I wanted. Like, I'm a romantic. I've always been. I would dream that romantic love. You know, my, my husband, my man. I dreamt of my two children. I had manifested this life, exactly what I have today. I would lay down at night and dream of this exact life I wanted one day. You know? So I do believe that I brought that into my life. I brought that into my heart, you know, manifested everything I own today. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you guys meet? Before you met, were you both clear that this is what you want? And then once you met, you were like, hey, this is great. We want the same thing. Or <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> our listeners can't see, but they're, like, they're shaking their head. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we met, I was perfectly happy being single. <laughs> I was living with four or five guys in a in a house, so it was like a party house. So I wasn't I wasn't looking for anything, you know. That's why when when we met, she's the one that approached me. Yeah. She she came up to me in a bar. I wasn't looking either. I wasn't looking. I was just I had a great summer. I did a couple of guys here and there, and I was just hanging out. And I met him at the club. And that night, I told my best friend that I was supposed to drive home. I'm not going to drive you home. I'm going to end up dancing with this guy. And I'm going to marry him. And she laughed at me. She goes, you're funny. I said, I'm going to marry that guy. He's my my person. And it was a, it was a joke that turned to reality. Yeah. <laughs> I said something similar, but very, very different. 
I'm not going to marry you. I'm just going to take her home. <laughs> so that was the beginning. And now you've been together two and a half decades. So beyond things that we've already talked about, dream, vision, manifestation, and intention, what are some other things that you feel like has made your relationship such a success? Well, I think we both had same kind of core values and and goals for our life. You know, we both wanted to have a really fun, happy, successful life. And we thought, you know what? We're going to do it together. You know, I know I'm capable. He said, I know I'm capable. Then let's do it. And that's what it was from the from day one. We had lots of fun. So, so our upbringings, again, were very different. So where Nina comes from, you meet somebody, you get married very quickly. In my family, I mean, marriage wasn't a thing. My parents got married on their 25th anniversary. I was legal to drink at their wedding. Oh, wow. You know, I was brought up Christian and, yeah. you know, you got to get married and settled. And Well, Middle East is know, different too. Like they, yeah. they have, in some places they have arranged marriages, that kind of stuff. So the wedding stuff wasn't as big in our in my family. So that's why it took us, we were dating for six years before I actually popped the question because it wasn't some something I had as a goal as a kid to, to ever get married. And I did. I so she, it was always my goal. <laughs> no, but she she wanted to get married and all this stuff. And I and my answer to it is I, I would love to, but I just I don't want to grow up. When she wanted to have kids, I'm like I would love to, but I don't want to grow up. Do you know what I mean? So I always want to have fun. So that would was, you say it like Would you say it like that? Exactly. Though, or was that's this exactly like what he said. okay? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what he said. I remember it like it was yesterday. A friend of mine had found out she was pregnant and had a baby, and then a year later she found out she was pregnant again. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? All of my girlfriends. Are getting pregnant at that point we were married for almost four years and i said i have nothing to do with it <laughs> i said well i'm almost 30 i was 29 at that, at that time i said i'm almost 30 i've always envisioned myself by 35 to have both my children in school and i always wanted to have two remember i said both mm-hmm. i want to have both my children in school by 35 so this would be the time for us to do it and we we chatted about it we had a long conversation we I sort of held his hand through it <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out perfectly. We got pregnant right away and we had one after another. We had two two babies right away. And I didn't have to grow up, apparently. <laughs> oh, you still haven't grown up. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to kind of get into because I do think the relationships are a lovely container for healing and growth. So I thought the story was going to go that that Nina helped you, Roger, kind of grow up a bit. But what I'm hearing is you're still the kid. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made her... Uh... Turn into a kid as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny how we, we, we sort of uh, bounce off each other's personality, you know? We are we are so alike, but so different at the same time. That makes sense. We've, I would say I was like the, the go, go, go crazy, crazy, crazy when he was a more calming one. So he would bring me down with him. Let's have fun, enjoy life. And I'd be like, let's go, let's go, let's build a future, let's build a career, let's have children. So we were always the two different uh, end of the spectrum, but we kind of made it work. And now we look back, we're like, how the hell did we even have fun without the children? Like our life's so complete with them now that we didn't have to grow up. Like you said, yeah. we still have fun while we did all of that. Well, it's so interesting because what I'm hearing from you is that you were very similar in the places that where it mattered and having the core values, but different in a way that your different qualities really complemented and helped to balance each other out. Mm. Absolutely. hundred percent, you know? Like he didn't believe in marriage for his whole life. And I did. And I came into the picture. So we sort of compromised. So I stayed, we dated for six years. Okay. And then at that point I was like, okay, I did, I did give you what you wanted. And I think six years is long enough for you to be able to say, 
you got to commit or you're not going to commit, you know? And we had that conversation mm-hmm. and he decided, you know, I am going to commit. I am in love with you. I want this life with you. And I am, although my beliefs are different, you know, I could change that. And he did. And he changed his beliefs. Well, I moved to the city for her and everything. So, I mean, you know, four or five hours away from my family and stuff. So, I mean, it, the, the commitment was already there. It was just the next step was that. And of course, you know, I knew I was going to spend forever with her. So might as well do it the proper way. You know what I mean? Like we were deeply connected, especially emotionally, every way. We were, just, had, we were just looking for the commitment. And she agreed it, you know. when she asked when she asked me what she wanted all this stuff. She agreed that I said, "Listen, you know how you get those stereotypes? People turn around and say, oh, uh, my life ended when I got married,' or uh, don't ever get married,' or you know they let go of themselves and you know because they're married, all that stuff. I didn't want any of that. I'm like, I don't want to let go of myself. I want to." I don't want you to let go of yourself. I don't want to be completely boring and, and hate our lives because we're married. I want to have fun. I want to continue to have fun. I want to continue to be attracted to you. I want you to be continue to be attracted to me and, you know, have that kind of marriage, not the stereotype that everybody, you know, once reg- you get regrets married, doing, you know yeah. what I mean? Once you get married, your life is over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ours is the opposite, right? <laughs> yeah, what I'm hearing from you, Roger, you didn't believe in almost like the stereotype or the cliches that you had seen around marriage. But now you believe that marriage can be this really wonderful, fun and, and adventurous. Absolutely. I mean, we, we, we spend a lot of time on social media and stuff like that. And people always, I mean, Nina's a very beautiful woman. So people always sit, sit there and say, oh, you're a lucky man. You're a lucky man. I'm like, my answer to that is that I create my own luck. Everything I wanted, I've, I went for and I got. Like, I didn't sit there and say, you know, it's gonna, it's bound to happen to me. You know what I mean? I just, I, I wanted to make sure that she's going to take care of herself. And I, the way I, she does it is I got to do the same thing. So we continue to, to try and stay at a balance and have fun and enjoy our life and not just be about, you know, the kids, the job, the this, the that, you know what I mean? So it's been 25 years. Would you say you're still head over heels right Absolutely. now? Absolutely. More, <laughs> more than before. I mean, we've learned how to, you know, forgive faster in terms of our fights and stuff like that. I've gotten off whatever barrier I had in my head where, you know, I'm supposed to be macho man guy, you know, I'm not supposed to show my feelings. I'm not supposed to do all that stuff. So I got past all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I just, we just do stuff that we enjoy. We are best friends. And it's like, people ask us to this day, is it 25 years? Like you just said, do you still have this, that, that spark that it's been, it's better than it's ever been. Because at this point we're we're, we're at the point of our life that we've done so much work, Zach, so much healing individually and together that we can legit sit back and say, you know what? I can see ourselves going for the next 25 and next 50 years, the same kind of level of energy that we we've had since day one. Mm. Do you know, does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I'm crazy about this man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The reason I ask is you have your own podcast, the head over heels show. And I'd love to get a little bit more into that. So what made you decide to start the podcast? You want to start? Yeah. Well, it was something we talked about for, for quite a few years. We wanted to do it. We didn't know where to start. We didn't know any, because everybody always asks us, how do we do it? How's everything? How, how is this possible? All that kind of stuff. So it started when we actually, we're in business together for 17 years now. We sell real estate. So for some reason, we get a lot of people that are getting divorced hmm. that calls us, come and sell my house, come and sell my house. And we would go and we would sit there, Raj and I, and at, at I don't know what it is. There's some sort of intuition that I have feelings and or maybe it's energy. A lot of times, I don't think those people should get divorced. And I'm not saying like there's a lot of people should get divorced. They shouldn't be married. I get that. But a lot of those couples that we serve in real estate, 
we didn't believe they should have got divorced. They just kind of gave up too easily. Yeah. It's too easy just to say, okay, well, let's end it and, you know. So we would try to analyze every relationship once we'd leave the house. We'd say, how come they're getting divorced? We, this is what I got from them. He would say, well, this is what I got. And I would, we would like, legit have a conversation about it. I said, well, if they would work a little bit maybe on this and that, they would maybe have a better marriage, you know. But so we talked about this for years and years and years. It wasn't until the pandemic. We said, you know what? We are going to do this because there's a lot of couples out there that need our help right now. And it turned out to be true. And we didn't want to be bored during the pandemic. So we just... Somebody to help us start the podcast, and we did right right at the beginning. And it's been a success. It's been helping a lot of people, you know, shine some light into their relationship. So it's been it's been wonderful. Yeah. So, what are some of the biggest or most major lessons that you've learned in the podcast? Um, In around relationships, or or, I mean, in general, like I said earlier, when we used to fight, we used to go on for like two, three days, not talking to each other, that kind of stuff. One thing that we've learned is just to forgive faster. You know that you're going to end up forgiving. So why go through three or four days of silent treatments and banging doors and all that stuff for nothing? So you get your point across. You talk about what what the argument meant to me and what it meant to her. And then it's over. What, I, what I've learned from, from doing this podcast, I mean, you've got a lot of great guests on the show like yourself, a lot of doctors, a lot of professionals, a lot of therapists. They have opened up our eyes to a lot more than what we already knew, okay? Yeah. You think you know it all, but you really don't. Like until someone else has different, from a different profession comes and says, like we had a, a therapist that explained to us all the different attachment styles. And we had a someone to come talk to us about love languages and a lot of things that couples don't know that, that we don't have a relationship book to teach us how to relationship growing up. So a lot of these things that we learned, we're like, ah, that opened up my eye. There's, there's a lot of self-awareness that, that came by this podcast for the past couple of years. We've learned so much about ourselves, from my childhood, my traumas, my experiences growing up and how that has affected my relationships today. So this podcast has been, a great eye-opener eye in so many, so many levels. And it helped us with communication and on all those levels. So yeah. everything that Nina just said basically had us communicating those things and getting getting those kind of issues or disconnects, you know, to disappear faster. Yeah. We still have issues, obviously. We are married. We are going to always have these kind of issues because it's a relationship that you have to work on constantly and it changes with every season. So you have to constantly learn to adapt yourself to do different different weather, different, you know, season of your relationship. But we know we're so strong that we know um, we have enough self-awareness that we can overcome any issues that come our way. Yeah, that was one of the things that came up for me just listening to you is the importance of that awareness. You mentioned being aware of your attachment styles, being aware of your love languages, understanding past trauma and other experiences that are playing a role in your current relationship conflict. And then you also mentioned the importance of communication, which is one of those things we often hear that's very important in relationships, but we don't often hear like what kind of communication is good and what kind of communication isn't as good. So what are your best or most favorite communication tips for more connection? For me, it's vulnerability. A lot of guys, men in general, are not as open as women are. We women tend to babble a lot and, you know, Men call it um, nagging, but it's not. We, we say what's on our mind. We are emotion. We wear our emotions on our sleeves. Men don't. I never noticed. So I've noticed. <laughs> to me, that part of that communication process, when he opens up to me, he's vulnerable. He tells me what's happening. It it really the best 
sort of communication for our relationship. It has been for us anyway. Like I said, I, I talk a lot. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. But him opening up in the past few years and being vulnerable with me has been so much helpful. Well, I kind so of – I have avoided arguments in the past. So I would just not want to argue. So we not talk. And I got – by me getting past that, made it so much less stressful because now I can sit there and say what I want to say, why she pissed me off or whatever the case may be, and it's out there. Now she can deal with it the way she wants to deal with it. It's done. I, I put I put my two cents in. So that that helped me just kind of get rid of the – I hated being pissed off at you. I hated the two or three days of not talking and all that stuff. Like my, my those two or three days were shit. Shit for work, shit for everything. You know what I mean? Like nothing was – nothing was working. So why why continue that, not even fight because we're not talking, but why continue that behavior for that many days when you can just take care of it and move on? I'm a preventer. I like to prevent things from happening before they happen, you know? So I like I try to pull things out of him. If I feel like he's a little, you know, distant and intense, I know there's something. So I'll try and get it out of him as soon as I can because if, I, if he let it bottle up, it's just going to get bigger and bigger. He's going to make up all kinds of stories in his head. So I'd like to get him out of that, that stage as soon as possible. So that's my best sort of form of communication for me. Well, what I'm almost hearing from you is it's like we all come to relationships with our own stuff. And what can be helpful is to know your partner's stuff to help them work through it. Right? Like, oh, I know that you tend want to avoid conflict. So let's and let it fester. Right. So what can I do to have us talk about it now so that this doesn't happen? Yeah, that's definitely me. Like, that's how I try to operate my day to day with him and try to get things out of him to make sure that we don't get to that level. I mean, we have been there before, beginning of our relationship. We would fight and scream and sometimes even talk to each other for two, three days. But like I said, we've learned, we've healed, we're on to a different stage of our relationship now. So, yes, I do like to. And a lot of times he doesn't want to talk about whatever it's. The, the conflict is so I'll try and find ways to ask him about it in a different way so he can open up I like you know? to pick my battles and some of the battles is not worth picking so I'm like alright just let it slide that's it you know but because like I said so, I like having fun and it, it, fighting is not fun yeah because we're so deeply connected I feel you I feel the energy I feel everything that's you know, something's happening I want to know what it is so I can help you fix it or you know you know, get, get rid of whatever the thoughts in his head <laughs> You do that to me too a lot yeah. of times. You're like, I need to know what's going on. We need to get it out now. Let's solve it now, whatever it is, so we can move on. <laughs> you guys are so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so our topic for today is on reigniting your relationship spark. But I'm kind of curious if you feel that it's inevitable over time that the passion is going to ebb. And you too have mentioned that you also have kids, which is oftentimes I feel like when a lot of couples end up kind of putting sex, passion, and excitement to the side to account to take care of the kids and the baby and different things like that. But do you feel that it's inevitable that people will need to reignite their relationship spark at some point? Or is it possible to keep the fire going? Well, it's, it's possible for, to keep this fire going, definitely. But like you said, with kids and stuff, we went through it as we well. We went through it. I was just going to say we went through it. There was a lot of stages we went through where we just kind of got stagnant when the uh, the sex wasn't that important anymore or, or, or that kind of stuff. But, but it was a very short period of time. Yeah. But we've learned, we've learned to get past that kind of stuff in a sense that, you know, we, we continue to make sure that we go on vacations together, just the two of us, without the kids. We 
go on date nights, just the two of us without the kids, you know, get a babysitter, do all that kind of stuff. And sometimes we'll get hotel room and, you know, stay downtown and have fun that, that way. So we, we try and keep things exciting throughout, throughout the whole marriage. I mean, like I said, when we had kids, yeah, I got in the way and there was not much we can do. I mean, we could travel without our babies when they were babies kind of thing. So, and date nights were non-existent, but we would try and do things at home sometimes throughout stages of our relationship. We have found things to help spark it back up when it, when it got a little dim. Just, we, we don't let, well, I was saying it was a very short period of time when we had, when we let go of ourselves after the kids as long as you're aware of it and as long as you know you're going to pick that up right away, you know, it does go down a little bit that the, the spontaneity of it, of the new relationship dies down after, you know, a long period of years together. But you just have to be aware that you got to pick that up. Like you can't just let it go. You know, you are with this person for life. You got to make it work, whether his thing is fun. I got to make sure he's having fun. How is he going to have fun? Well, we got to do things that we like to do, like we work out all the time together. We work out six days a week that I see how hard he's working at the gym. He sees how hard I am working. I'm falling in love with him every day even more because I'm like, he's not a lazy guy. He's out there doing what he needs to do to stay in shape for him, for me, for our family. Like that respect alone, I, I can't even describe. I love that part of our relationship. We respect ourselves so much that we're willing to put our body through hell every day. For each other, you know what I mean? And we continue to try and impress each other. I remember a little while back when I got off work, I was wearing a suit, went upstairs, changed, and my daughter walked in and she's like, oh, you going out again? I said, no, I'm at home. She goes, why are you dressing up? I wasn't really dressing up. I had a nice pair of pants on, a nice shirt. And I said to her, I said, well, I want to look good for mommy. Like she's downstairs. She looks great. She's sitting, (laughs) cooking. She looks great. Why can't I look great? And she said, you know, because she saw me putting perfume on or cologne or whatever on. So she, she, like she uh, witnessed me getting ready, thinking that I'm going out somewhere just because of the way I was getting dressed. But that was for her, not for... And also our children yeah. sees us. So we, we lead by example. You know, we work out. We are constantly trying to stay positive. I mean, we do have argument here and there and this year. We love we to try. dance. We dance all the time together. Yeah. I mean, it was something we've always done in our kitchen with our kids and put on music. And we just, that kind of stuff helped spark it. I mean, you can come here on a Tuesday. Sometimes we got the music blaring and we're having fun. So it's just, I don't know, do what you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> One common advice that I hear is to always keep dating your partner, which is what I'm hearing from you when you mentioned you want to continue to try to impress each other, like continue to try to woo <laughs> like your partner as if you were still dating in the initial stages. And then another thing I keep hearing from you is you have to bring a lot of intention to keeping things exciting. Yes. That's not just going to happen on its own. 100%. We, we have date nights, Zach. We, when you go on a date night, we agree that we're only going to talk about our date night. Us, no business, no children. If we're going to go out on a date for, for work, then that's a work date. We got, it's a lunch. We're talking about work. It's all going to be work. But our date nights, when we do, we intentionally schedule those for him and I. Like we go out, he doesn't sit across from me. He sits right next to me. He makes sure he always sits next to me because he always wants to have his hand on my life. Like these are little things that we do to keep our relationship fire going all times, you know? Like he says, we dress sexy for each other. We have, we love our smell. Like he buys me my fragrance, I buy him, I buy his. We do things that we love, that he loves. I do things that he loves, he does things that I love to this day. And that just brings me butterflies every time we do these kind of things. So that's, 
that's what I was trying to tell you earlier. That our our love is still the same, if not more. Yeah, and we can be we 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 compliment each other a lot, like Nina says. I mean, no woman doesn't like not to get complimented, and guys are the same thing. They like compliments. Yeah, you know, they might not take them as well, but they still like them. So by saying things, by keeping you know that I guess lust in your relationship by showing how much you you're attracted to them, you know, it it, it helps you um, feel that safety in the relationship you know what i mean like yeah there might be a, a good looking guy that goes by and she might say oh he's he's hot but she knows that she's happier with me and i do say Ew, that guy's hot yeah and the same thing with a woman <laughs> so like it, and it doesn't bother us because we have that that yeah. safety in our relationship we know we that do. she's not going anywhere and she knows that i'm not going anywhere. Yeah, you know what i mean she's the best one for me and i'm the best one for her that's it so i mean there's a lot of we have eyes to look you know we can look at the menu we can't eat out yeah, I mean, I'm just going to summarize all these tips that I've heard from you from you because they're really good. Kind of step one, keep dating your partner, have those date nights. During those date nights, step two, devote special time to each other. Continue to explore new and exciting things. And then continue to show appreciation for each other. Absolutely. And I feel like almost all of those things are all almost designed to counteract how over time, things can feel like routine. We can easily get complacent with our partners. Because that was one question I had when I was preparing for the interview is like, whether you feel like, oh, we've made it. We've we've had this relationship, but now we're done. Or if it's more of a continuous, intentional practice that you almost have to like be sure to keep doing. Like, do you find you know, you're like, hey, things aren't going as well. Let's make sure to do this or let's let's return to what we were doing before. Yeah. yeah. Well, anybody can get complacent doing anything, you know, even if you're doing the stuff that you like to do. So over the years, we've we've always just tried to found, find something else that we can do that would excite us. So we won't get bored. Well, I always say when you meet someone, you fall in love with them. Why do you fall in love with that person? Is it their looks? Is it the way they um, handle themselves? Is it the way they, what is it about them that you fall in love with that you say, okay, I'm going to marry that person is my person. If you have that thought in your head and keep going with that thought for your entire relationship with that person, nothing will change. That spark will always be there. We had that. We, I loved the way he looked. I loved the way he, he danced, the way he, he was very attractive. He was gorgeous. And, after five, 10 years, things start changing. We're getting older. There's a little bit of weight here, a little bit of weight there. There's, you know, the, the style's <laughs> changing. Well, guess what? I still want that guy. So what am I going to do? I have to tell him, listen, baby, we're not going to let go of each other. You, I, you can't let go. I can't let go. That's important to me that I'm not trying to be shallow. You are, I love the way you are trying to stick that way. I'm the same way. So what we do is we try and take care of ourselves individually for each other. Does that make sense? So in, in essence, what she's trying to say is like sex is a huge thing in, in a relationship. Huge, massive. It's the biggest thing. So if if you find yourself losing that sexual attraction, then you got to do something about it. You know what I mean? Like we went to a little birthday party a couple, uh, this weekend with some friends, and it was just all couples from the neighborhood with their kids. And we know that we, know, we, we can legit look at, these, at some of these couples and see who's having sex and who's attracted to each other just by the way they... They're, they're talking or the way they are with each other. And you can see the happiness in those ones. And some of some, the ones that are not, the ones that were separate, that the whole party barely talked to each other the whole time, when they were together, they'd be arguing. So, you know, like you can see that they're, they've went to a place where they're 
you know, past the, the, the point of contempt and need to do something about it. And then you see the other people that are having fun in their relationship. They're still attracted to them. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're, you know, they go to the gym all the time, blah, blah, blah. Cause there's a few couples there that, you know, they joke around. They said, we never go to the gym. We never work yeah, out. I remember, <laughs> but I can see they're, 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 they're extremely attracted to each other. They, you know, they put their arms on each other when they're next to each other. They're, it's you know, not a spark the, the, in the relationship. The language is there. The language is there that there that there is a spark there. So yeah, you got to keep the attraction there. You got to make sure that if there's something that's like you know making it go away, then you got to try to figure out what it is and, and fix it, unless you want it to go away. But. So that's that's the fifth tip. What I'm hearing from you, sex. Yeah, lots of. You want the whole thing. <laughs> It's interesting because you you did mention like, oh, you know, as you get older, things change a little bit. You mentioned, you know, a little weight here, despite that you both work out six days out of the week. So have you felt that or do you think that love and the quality of love does change over time and with age? And if so, like how how so? Well, to me, love is deep connection and commitment that you make with some with a person. Like I have deep connection with my children. I have, I, I'm committed to taking care of my children to the day I die. It's just, that to me is love. I am committed to this man because I am deeply connected with him. Does it change? That connection and that love, it always stays there. I think unless, unless you know, I divorce your ass and I hate you, then I don't love you anymore. But no, I think the love is always there. The stage of our relationship changes. You know, we were younger. We lived in a different place. We had a different job. We had a different mind. Now we're a little older. We live in a different neighborhood. We have a different mindset. We want different things in life. So all these things change, but I think love and deep connection has to stay the same. Yeah. Like you said, there's so changes over the years. You, 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 you look different. You act different. You talk different. You know, the, the, I think the important thing is, is how you grow together and how that love grows together. So you got, you know, if there's a change, if she changes the way she acts or talks, then I just got to adapt to it and learn to love that way or, or find a way to adapt with her. Yeah. You know, that's, that's one thing that we've done over the years is just kind of grow together. Like in some relationships, people tend to grow apart where, you know, the husband's goals and aspirations change and they want, they want something different. The wife, let's say, doesn't. And they don't communicate that. So then they just kind of separate. And that takes me back to our date nights. Like, yeah. oh, if we, did, if we went for about six months, I, I mean, any partners, if they go like with six months without actually going on that date and having that deep connection conversation about themselves, about their life, about that date, and that's what happens. You, you tend to grow apart because you're one partner's at work, one part of the other, another job, and you come together late at night for a few hours, well, that's not enough for you guys. You need to have that date nights once or twice a month to have those deep connection conversation about growing together. You and know? even communication during the day. Each other. Even communication during the day. If I'm out with clients all day, we'll still have a couple of text messages, but sometimes we'll flirt and joke around and uh, right, you send like me messages or calls. What are you waiting? I haven't seen you all day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just things like that, just to, to show that I'm thinking about her and show, she shows that she's thinking about me. And it just, it makes the day go a little quicker. So, we, you know, we just, we continue that, I don't know, giving each other those sparks throughout the day. Yeah, it's lust. Yeah, there you go. Lust. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like it very much connects to something you said earlier at the very beginning along the lines of when you were seeing couples go through divorce, you felt like they were not 
giving enough energy necessary to keep the relationship that they were giving up too easily, that they weren't like fully committed and fully all in, in the relationship. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. And and energy is that is having those date nights, having those, you know, hard conversations, you know, babe, I haven't felt a lot of affection from you. I haven't, I haven't got your attention lately. What's going on. Mm. Let's have that talk. You know, let's have that conversation. Be open with each other. A lot of people don't. I mean, we have friends and family that are going through divorce and it's just like, uh, if you were just a little more open about who you are or what's to your partner, you, what's, or, you know, yeah. you would prevent a lot of this heartache, a lot of this pain. But a lot of us keep a lot of things inside and we're not as vulnerable as, as we should be with our partners, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, it's so interesting. We've had many like guests on the show who are therapists, coaches, and you're saying so many of the things that they have said that they've learned through research that you guys have learned through experience, yeah. learned through working together and loving each other. So that's been really wonderful. When we say we're not therapists or doctors, what we are is 25 years of this work that we put into our relationship. Yeah, there's knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge you learn, wisdom you, you yeah. learn through doing. So, and we're lucky to have this wisdom because it didn't just happen. 25 years didn't just happen. We had to work on those 25 years. Like there's many every, little things. There's many little things. We'll, no matter if we're arguing or not, we don't go to bed without giving each other a hug and a kiss. Never. And I mean like a hug. hug. You know what I mean? Like a, a naked hug. You're in bed. You give yourself a, a nice little cuddle. And then, you know, if you want to turn around and be continue to be mad, you can do so. But, you know, that, that part is still there. So I know, you know, I'm mad at you. It doesn't mean I'm... I don't love I, you. I give up on you or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. So again, it just, it makes it hurt less when you guys are arguing. So you know that you're, you're, you're still connected. So before bed, we always give each other a hug and a kiss. And we do that with our kids as well. Before um, leaving the bed, I yeah. always kiss you, even and, though you have And in sleep. the morning, the same thing. We get up, we have to give each other a hug and a kiss. And, People don't know. understand the power of those hugs. Okay. Yeah. When you skin. hug your partner, even if it's not skin to skin, when you hug your partner for a good, like 20, 30 seconds, you're exchanging that energy. You're giving that person all of your your good thoughts, your good love, your your emotions, everything. So you're feeling in turn, you're actually feeling really good. Like I love hugging my husband every day. I love hugging him because it makes me feel good inside. So if you're feeling good inside, you're making your husband or your partner feel good inside. And leaving the house that way, it's like it's a gift. Again, you guys are so cute. (laughs) (laughs) So... We're winding down. I do have to finish by asking the same question I ask all of my guests at the end of the show. And I think we'll have to do it individually. So eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I'm going to ask Nina first. Give Roger some time to think about it. Nina, what do you wish everyone knew about love? Hmm. That's a good question. I love love. I love love. You know, I say to every couple, every wedding we go to, when we write it on our card or anytime we say, even our podcast, we say, I say, we wish you what we have and what we have. It's, I'll explain to you. And I think I said it earlier, what we have, it's a very deep connection. Okay. And a solid commitment. That's what love to me is. It's deep connection, solid commitment that you make to that person or that family or the, the, those children, whatever that is to me, that's love. So I, truly feel connected with everything in me to my husband and my children. And I'm committed with everything in me to my husband and my children. So to me, that's love. What about you? Deep connection and solid commitment. I love that too. Roger, what do you wish everyone knew about love? I don't want to say it's rare, but not that many people love you, love you. You know what I mean? You got your parents, you got your siblings, but you got, you know, when you meet a stranger and then they love you that much, 
it's something to be cherished, something you want to keep and you want to continue to to have and grow and all that stuff. So, I mean, you know, one thing that helped us, helped me a lot, was knowing love languages, knowing her love language, knowing my love language, and knowing that, she, like, she knows that my love language is touch. So if I'm giving her a hug, I'm doing all this stuff, I'm loving her. I'm not being sexual all the time. I'm just loving her. And if hers are, you know, words of affirmation, but by me saying stuff to her, she knows that I love her. And then she, she, you know, she gives love to me the same way. So you, you know that that's what you're getting. Because some, some people don't realize what their partner's love language is. You know, and if they continue doing acts of service for them because they think that's what it is and it's not, they're just going to get pissed off and say, you don't love me. So that helped me a lot. And I just think that cherishing it, like wanting more of it, made it more, more enjoyable. 100%. Yeah. And make sure that she's having fun. You know, don't make it one-sided. Do, do what she likes and do what you like. Love is good. Love is good. And I really appreciate you coming onto the show to share your love. And for our listeners who want to learn more about you, how can they find you? Well, we are everywhere. Actually, we are on, um, our show is called Head of a Hills Show Podcast. It's on all the platform, Apple, Spotify, Google, everywhere. We also have a, our TikTok. It's called the T.Fam, Roger and Nina. T.Underscore uh, fam. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have all that for you yeah. if you like, but we are on those. So our podcast, T. on TikTok, and we have obviously our Instagram, which is Head Over Heels Show Instagram as well. You can find us there. And even our website. Everything is Head Over Heels Show. Yeah, pretty much. And then also, if someone wants to buy real estate in Toronto, they should look They should look you up. Yeah, absolutely. Nina and Roger. We are the dream team, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. We'll get you a house. We'll get you married. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nina Keiko and Roger Gurton, for coming on to the show. And thank you, listeners, for listening to the show. We hope you remember all the very valuable tips we learned today, including how to reignite your sex life through continuing to date your partner, devoting special quality time to each other, continuing to explore new and exciting things, continuing to show appreciation, and of course, continuing to have a vibrant and passionate sex life. Be sure to stay committed. Love is deep connection, solid commitment, and something to be cherished. If you want to learn more about me, head to ZachPeach.com and learn more about the show at TheHeartCenter.com. Thanks again, Nina and Roger. Thank Thank you. you. And we wish you what we have. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for listening to the Learn to Love podcast. To learn more about the show and your host, head over to ZachBeach.com or TheHeartCenter.com. You can also follow Zach on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 